Welcome to the July 4th Sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Exodus chapter 19, verses 1 through 6, and the sermon is entitled, A Holy Nation, delivered today by Pastor Michael Fitzgerald. I want you to take your Bible. We're going to step away from the John series today. Take your Bible. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 19 is where we are going to be for scripture today. On this 245th birthday of the United States of America, I want to begin my sermon with this starting point. From its beginnings, this country has stood on the foundation of godly principles and the Word of God. This country was formulated and begun on that connection with the Lord Jesus Christ and with His Word. The center of our government in Washington, D.C., is saturated with verses of Scripture on the walls of its structures and on the paperwork of our government. At the very top of the Washington Monument, 555 feet in the air, is an aluminum plate. And on that plate are two Latin words, laus deo. And it means praise be to God. Those who erected the Washington Monument gave the glory to God as it stood as the highest point over Washington, D.C. The center of our government has been centered in the Lord so long. Washington, the city, was originally laid out in the form of a cross. Did you know that? Originally, the the city, as you look down on it, would be in the form of of a cross with the White House to the north, the Jefferson Memorial to the south, the Capitol building to the east, and the Lincoln Memorial to the west. This country has stood on the paragon of godly freedom since its very birth. That is the truth that history cannot hide. Millions of people from the nations of the world have only dreamt to be a a part of the United States of America and the blessings here. And I believe over the course of the years, God's hand of favor and God's hand of blessing has rested on this nation because of our beginnings of faith in Him. Praise God, we are still free today. Amen? We are here to worship in freedom. Praise God for that. But I do believe that our nation is at a very critical point at this time. One of the last, out of the last 245 years, we have seen such a redirection of our country, especially in the last 50 years. That's shorter than my lifespan, and I've seen that happen. Over the last 50 years, the directions and the newness of our country walking away from the Lord. Scripture is literally being removed from the walls of Washington. Scripture is literally being removed from the law books of Washington. The Word of God is more and more being criticized and ignored by our government leaders as being out of touch with our modern thought. We should take these antiquated words out of our law books and off of our structures because they're too old for modern man. The Bible was once the primary teaching book in the public school, and now it's not even allowed in the classroom of our public schools. Praise God for the Christian teachers who are still in our classrooms. Praise God many of you are here today. Praise God. 
In my years in the pulpit, I have seen so many changes come about, great shifts and changes in the way America thinks about God's Word as it applies to a man and a woman getting married. God's Word has been stretched all out of context in the way marriage is considered now. God's Word does not so much inform living together out of wedlock anymore. It's a very accepted lifestyle, almost at the halfway, maybe perhaps over the halfway point of couples living together today. The value of human life is outside of the Word of God. Now life is not considered a gift of God, it's considered a convenience that can be erased by abortion in a moment. The central place that the church has played in American culture is now fading. Churches are more and more emptying out, and the Word of God is less and less effective and impactful in our country now. Praise God for the families of Christ who continue to worship and continue to serve and continue to love our neighbor as we love ourselves through the love of Jesus Christ. Sadly, truthfully, what we see is a nation that is headed towards self-rule rather than God's rule. And if you don't know that, your head is in the sand somewhere. We are on a steady course of self-rule and more and more setting aside as a nation this Word of God, setting aside the principles upon which we were based. Well, let's go back in the Bible and see a warning of God to the people of God. Exodus chapter 19 These are the people he created, the people he chose, the nation of Israel. As we go to Exodus 19 at this point in the Bible, God has brought Israel to freedom out of the clutches of slavery. They had been in Egypt in slavery for 430 years under the oppression of the Egyptians. And Israel had been freed by the very hand of God. Israel had crossed the Red Sea. They had gone through the desert. They had arrived at the base of, of, of uh, Mount Sinai. And they, for the first time in generations, were a free people in this trip, now stopping at Sinai. And the nation would camp there for 11 months. As a matter of fact, as we get to Exodus chapter 19, the rest of Exodus takes place while they're in camp here at Sinai. Exodus 19, God meets Moses on Mount Sinai and gives a a warning to his newly freed nation out of Egypt. Through Moses, God says, if you want to remain free, you are newly free now, but if you want to remain free, this is what you have to do. That's what we're going to study in these moments. Bear in mind, these words are 3,000 plus years old. But they speak to us today because God's Word does not change. God's Word is immutable. God's Word is perfect. And it will remain so for all eternity. So what we study today could have been written this morning. It is so new and modern. Exodus 19. Let's read verses 1 through 6. Hear these words from the great book of Exodus. Verse 1, chapter 19. In the third month, When the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up into God 
And the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bare you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Now before you close your Bible, back up to verse 4 again. Verse 5. Verse 5. God says, now therefore, I want you to circle the word if. If ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, circle the word then. Then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me. A very important statement God makes, and those two little words, if and then, play into that verse very deeply. The new nation of Israel is set up camp at the base of Mount Sinai. And Moses goes up on the mountain to confer with God face to face. And God sends a message back to his people that's encapsulated here in verses 4, 5, and 6. In verse 4, God tells Moses... Never forget where you came from. Never forget your Egyptian slavery. Never forget the horror that you lived through. Never forget the way that your taskmasters worked over you and drove you into the work day after day. Never forget the hardship from which you came. And I freed you. And I bore you on eagle's wings. I brought you out of slavery unto myself, God says. And so what God is saying to Moses to pass to the people is this. Never let your people forget where you came from and who saved you. Never forget me, God says. Never allow me to become a side issue. Keep me central. Never let your history in me slip away. When God says, I bore up Israel on eagles' wings, I had to do a little research on eagles. I read that eagles teach their young to fly simply by the mama bird pushing the eaglets out of the nest. If you remember, eagles nest very high in the air. And so basically, the mama eagle just gets into the nest and pushes the eaglet out not ever using its wings before. And the eaglet is flopping and flailing, trying to figure out how to use these things to fly because he'd never used them before. And as it's heading closer and closer to the ground, it becomes critical that that bird understands how to use those appendages called wings. But underneath that little baby is the mama bird flying all the time, wings outstretched, catching that little one until it learns to fly on its own. The mama bird would never allow the eaglet to die. But rather, after being pushed out of the nest, that mama bird flies underneath and always bears that little one up on her wings. God said, Israel, you came out of Egypt by me. I am the one who opened the Red Sea. I am the one who gave you manna to eat. I am the one who opened the rock and gave you water to drink. Even when you whined and complained 
and wanted to go back to Egypt because you didn't have all the variety of food. You would rather go back into slavery just so you could eat well. Even then I loved you. Even then I carried you. Even then I made sure that you were safe. I brought you out of slavery myself simply because I love you. I chose you. And you belong to me. I bore you up even when you were weak. And God expresses his greatest desire is for Israel to be a free nation in him, under his protection, under his grace, and under his leading in his word. And his simple request to Israel is this, never forget me. Never lose me. Now, in verses 5 and 6, they speak to us. This is an extremely important moment in biblical history because God expresses the believer's relationship to him in an if-then statement. It's called a conditional statement where God says, if you will do this for me, then I will do this for you. A conditional statement. Look at verses 5 and 6 of chapter 19. God says, now therefore, if... Ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant. Then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. God says, if you, Israel, will continue to obey my voice, if you will keep my holy word, if you will remain true to the covenant between God and his people, then you will be a special treasure to me on all the earth. All the earth belongs to me, and I'm placing you there as my special treasure because your nation is going to be my witness to freedom. My chosen people are going to show the world how to be free, how to be holy for all the world to see. This nation of Israel is going to be the model of godliness, and you never can forget me. You never should forget me. And God calls Israel a treasure and priests and a holy nation. He wants this people to be a model for the world. He wants his people, listen, he wants his people to be one nation under God. Does that ring a bell? One nation under God. That's what he's asking Israel to be. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what he's asking us to be. One nation under God. Today it is our turn to be that nation. Today it is our turn to be that model to our nation and to the world. Thirteen years after Mount Sinai, Jesus walked the earth. And Jesus expressed this same commission if you want to flip with me, it's Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission. You know it well. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Here's Jesus' word. He says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Our Savior says to us, 13 years after Mount Sinai, claim the world, 
change the world with the love and the word of Jesus Christ. Reach and teach and baptize and disciple new believers. And in response to our faithfulness, Jesus says, if we will go out to lead the world to Jesus, then I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. It's a conditional statement, even though it's the if and the then is not used there. It's still the same emphasis that we see uh, in Exodus. We are to carry out a holy work under the leadership of God Almighty, and the Lord will be with us through every day that we live. In response to our faithfulness, He will be with us in blessing. Throughout the Bible, God teaches the people to show the world freedom. And we believers worship, and we live in this Word, and we raise our families in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we walk daily with Him, and God can change the world through us, one nation under God. If the church ever loses that commission, if the church ever loses that passion to stay true to our holy God and to remember Him and to follow Him, If we lose that, if we give in and follow the world and the church just starts going through the motions, and I believe in America there are many churches just going through the motions, losing their passion of what it means to go out into the world and to reach and to teach and to baptize and to disciple. If the church only gets to the point of going through the motions, then it's going to result, according to biblical history, it will result in the loss of our freedom. Israel failed in being that holy nation, and they lost their freedom again. God lays down the principle in Exodus. He gives it to us again in Matthew, and it is still in effect today. So today we celebrate the 245th birthday of the United States of America, a free country. And I believe if we're going to remain free, a special weight rests on our shoulders as the church. We are the model for our nation. We are the people of God within our nation to lead it to the Lord, to lead it back to the Lord. If there's ever been an age when God's people need to be true and faithful witnesses of the freedom of forgiveness in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is now. If there's ever been an age, a time to stand up on this word, it is now. If there's ever been an age A time for revival within the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is now. If there's ever been an age for the church to say, we will not follow the ways of the world, we will continue to follow our Lord Jesus Christ. It is now in the midst of this country. It's really up to us, church. The weight rests on our shoulders. God put the weight on Israel's shoulders, and it rests on ours today to be the models of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can stand in courage or we can sit in compromise. We can worship in faith or we can stay home and let somebody else have our seat. How sad that is. We can model Jesus Christ to our children and grandchildren or we can throw them out there to the world without any foundation in the Lord Jesus Christ and the world will eat them up. How are you treating your children and your grandchildren? Are you giving them that foundation? Are you allowing the church to help you in that foundation? They will desperately need it in days to come. 
The future of our nation does not rest so much in a president. It does not rest in a governor. It does not rest in the government. It rests on what God's people do. The Bible's emphatic, true freedom is from God. You know a verse of Scripture very well. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says this. If my people humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their sin, then I will heal their land. And you're going to hear that message in a wonderful way as the choir speaks it right now.
It's up to us, church. God says, if you will do this for me, then I will heal you, and I will bless you, and I will lead you, and you will be my people in this world. I don't know how other pastors are leading their churches today. I don't know what sermons are going on across our nation. But I'm asking my church and I'm asking my flock to say the same thing that Joshua said in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, that says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Amen. As we come to the Lord's table, before we take the bread and the cup, can we approach the altar of our hearts and perhaps if you want to come this physical altar here and say Lord help me be a model of Christ where I walk help my church to be a model of Christ in my land help us to remember what you've done for us help us to be thankful for forgiveness help us to have your purpose and help us change the United States of America for the Lord Jesus Christ as we come together today, I pray that we will make that commitment. And today, if you are here or you're listening online and you've never come to the Lord Jesus Christ, praise God we have freedom in America. And at this point, and we pray so on through the future days that we will have the freedom to live lives according to the Word of God and that we can worship in freedom. But one of these days when our physical life ends on this earth, those freedoms are done. But there is another freedom that overrides that freedom, and that is the freedom of forgiveness through the Lord Jesus Christ, who paid the debt of our sin on the old rugged cross. And he took our place there. And he took my name to that cross, and he took your name to that cross, and he died to forgive our personal sin against him. And through his blood shed for us, he bought, he purchased our forgiveness that we might be free for eternity in him, that he could fulfill the words of John 14 that says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and one day I'm going to take you home for all eternity. That's freedom. And if you don't know that freedom, and you don't have that freedom, and you don't have that Savior today, this is the moment that you can say, yes, Lord Jesus, I do believe. Believers, may we keep America free to be the model of the Lord Jesus Christ. And today, if you need that freedom of forgiveness, you come. But in these few moments of dedication and rededication of lives, my prayer is that we will approach the altar and make decisions that please Him. Let's pray together. Father God, bless us in these moments, I pray. As we come before you, ready to take the Lord's Supper, but in these moments of dedication, Lord, bless us as we prepare our hearts to be the models of Jesus Christ in this world, to prepare our heart to receive his Savior. Whatever it is, Lord, bless us in this moment of decision, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. During this time of invitation, we invite you, please, to stand as we sing, Jesus, keep me near the cross. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.